Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. Here we are. Neil and Kristen of the Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic Hour. Ready to take your calls, field your psychic questions, cure all your ills, and set your lives on the right path. 914-338-0164 is the call number. Press 1 if you'd like to speak with us. I must be on the wrong show. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'll be taking over from here. What else do we want to tell people? Well, we're here at our dumb regular time, which is 9 a.m. I don't think it's a good time. But in any case, that's where we're at. So we're going to follow through with the show as planned. Again, what? Well, rain or shine, we're here, and we're here... I wish it was raining, uh, but at least it's it's not shining, so that's good. Um, What else? Oh, follow us. We love love it when our callers interact with us off the air. You may uh, join us on Facebook and on X, formerly known as Twitter. Those accounts are linked under our Blog Talk Radio profile, Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic. Where you may follow us as well. How exciting. So many ways to connect with us. And uh, again, you can find us. Well, I, didn't, I don't know why I'm saying again. I guess because I've said it on other episodes. You can find us wherever podcasts are broadcast because we have what's called the RSS feed and we're available on Apple Podcasts, Audible. You know, there's a list, a long list that I'm, um, I'm unable to recite at this moment. You know, we're, this oh. uh, March 20th, Quick counting. Uh, 2012, oh. was the first time I ever spoke to you. No, it wasn't. March 20th. No, it wasn't. It was the first time we ever met in person. First time I ever spoke with you oh. was December 6, 2011. Oh, December 6th. 2011. December 6th, 2011. The eve the of... time we ever spoke. The eve of December 7th, 2011. So you figure that out. Well, December 6th, 2011. What time was it? What time was it? I mean, I don't know what time it was. You said December 6th or December 7th. Well, it was the eve of December 7th. 
it was the eve of December 7th, so we have to think about the significance of that date, even though it's not personally exactly. No, what day? What was the day? It was December 6th. Okay, Let's but it was December 6th. Right. I don't eve of December 7th. It was five days before. I know, but December 7th is significant to our yeah, codes and my December, birth date. December. So my birth date is not 2011, December 7th, unfortunately. 2011. 2011. <laughs> uh, so. Three twenty. So that's twenty one, two three. But that was thirteen. Well, twelve years ago. Twelve years ago. Twelve years ago on the twentieth. So we have a ways to that date. What what date is that this month? The twentieth. What was the twentieth fall on? No, it was twelve years ago on the twenty third. Yes, correct. Twenty third. It was twelve years ago. December twenty third. What? Twenty twenty three. It oh, I see. Years. Twelve years ago, but so what I'm yeah, but now we move forward into March. So we 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 talked many times. March is when I came to visit you in person. In person, I came here. You sure did to visit you in person. <laughs> well, well, the uh, uh, I I think that uh, you know after twelve years. And then we started the, and then it wasn't soon thereafter that we actually started the show. Eight, August 18th. So we started the show, what, just um, five months later. Correct. And here we've been going since August of 2012. So there's a solid 11 years. Right, but we're approaching 12, of course. We're approaching 12 years um, on the radio doing these shows not to mention thousands and thousands of readings. Um, and at this point, we have such a lineup that uh, I can't even breathe. I know. The doors, I mean, the pounding on the doors. You know, it's funny. Amazing. Hilarious. We are highly rated. We are highly rated. Highly, highly rated show. And yet you think that that, that I mean, we do get callers, and we do, and we do readings, and all that. So it's not like we're deprived in that regard. But you know, I it it it, it just it's kind of amazing that at at this hour, usually at this well, hour, noon, people are up and well, noon. Are, I mean, it's it's noon on the east coast, so you think people are on their lunch, maybe they have a chance to talk. People work from home. They can get away from their job and maybe sneak well, in a Regis call. Well, Regis Philbin was on at 9 o'clock in the morning. But, he never had a but I'll tell you what, what the problem is. I'll give you the reason we have a problem on Blog Talk Radio is that it's really the same cycle of people. And if we listen, you know, we listen to radio shows or podcasts from other people that broadcast in the same vein that we do, and the issue is it's just the same people over and over. So... You know, if 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 they haven't called your show in a while, if you said something that might offend them, you know, people often want a blunt, not a blunt answer. And we don't mince words, so perhaps that's a part of why we've dropped. You know, we were watching know. some comedians uh, yesterday on um, YouTube. YouTube. And one was Richard Lewis, and then the other guy. Well, we watched first. We started with, who did we start with? We started with someone, we started with Richard Lewis. 
No. No, no, that guy. No, from, we started with Pete Davidson. Did we start with Pete Davidson? That guy that that guy that um, was in the movie. Yeah, Pete Davidson we started yeah, with. started with him. Because, but I thought we started with somebody else. No. No, because we did start with someone else because I was thinking what we we're watching him, isn't and funny we and we moved to Pete Davidson. I don't know. We did him and then we did Richard Lewis and did Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield. And they, I mean, Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield, they were so all self-depreciating. I mean, they Deprecating, all sort of, you mean? Whatever. Uh, depreciating. De- deprecating. De- well, they were deprecating, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, deprecating. 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 Um, no, I know. It is yeah, I know. Well, anyway. So, uh, you always have to have one I'm way ahead of you. I think it's about 20 pounds. Uh, but, uh, so they all uh, kind of attacked themselves and, and they were all manic. Manic. Rodney Dangerfield was manic. I, oh, he was manic. I mean, he wiped, he'd have to get out a handkerchief and wipe his face every second. And, and he had, you know, the old time one-liners, real quick, real quick, real quick. Very fast. And you had to really be paying attention. I was tired. At, by the time we put him on, I was like, Hey, I'm having no, a hard time paying attention. One signers One He was were. also he was also into ASL. <laughs> he was no one knew he was deaf. Yeah. Um, his one liners were really were though. really quick and real funny, and usually they were uh, kind of putting himself down. Yeah, and his wife, you know, my wife is so fat, and my you know, wife my wife is say, every, you know, everybody in town is. He said he comes home driving. He's driving and he comes home and sees a man naked right down the street. He goes, "What's the matter?" And the guy goes, "You came home." <laughs> so uh, you know, he he was funny. He, he elicited the most laughs from me, but I'd already watched yeah. the Pete Davidson special. And actually, I think Pete Davidson was very funny. You just, I don't know why you didn't like him. I don't know why. Pete Davidson and people like, um, what's his name, Richard Lewis, they took their their real life and incorporated it into their monologue. And for the most part, it was sort of autobiographical. Rodney Dangerfield just... um, It was a set. It wasn't really his real life. I mean, he kind of created this persona and, and, you know... I don't get no respect, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and he just created one-liners that really didn't have anything, anything to, to do, do with, with his, his life. life. I had the privilege of meeting him. He was, I was coming out of a, a thrifty drugstore in Beverly Hills. No surprise and, there. Yeah. <laughs> thrifty, your yeah. favorite word. Uh, well, they're very expensive. Um, I was coming out of a thrifty drugstore in Beverly Hills, and lo and behold, he came up. Low and the shorts and the purple top, and he's looking at me and he's laughing. And he said, um, I said, Rodney Dangerfield. And he goes, and he kind of looked at me like, you know, people recognize him. And then I said, What are you laughing at? And he goes, You know, you're a natural born comedian, you don't have to say a word and you get a laugh out of it. <laughs> So he I, he really was laughing. I don't he know. He thought your I face didn't had, you say you have a funny face. He said I had a funny face. Yeah. And I said I I thought um, that was Fred Astaire's line, but he said, Oh, you you know Fred Astaire? And I said, Yes, lady. I don't really know him. I mean, I danced with him once, <laughs> but uh, he 
Rodney Dangerfield was funny and very he was manic too. Yeah, he was manic. And uh, but usually his jokes were one-liners that were invented and written. People like Richard Lewis and who's his name? Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. They came more from battered childhoods and taking the stream of consciousness from there and moving into a monologue that usually uh, the attitude was usually autobiographical. Although, um, what's his name, that guy? Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. He was bold. I mean, talking about fucking his mother. And, and, <laughs> I mean, he, he was very funny. I think he's very funny. So you think, you know, today if he said, if he made a joke about, you know, his mother not having dates and he goes, well, I'll fuck you. Uh, you know, today if you said that, then maybe he wouldn't get away. What do you mean? Him. He said it's from today. Well, he didn't say it today. Well, it's terms. current. It's it's like a year old. Oh, it's only a year old. Yeah, and he's you know he's uh, I mean he was totally inappropriate. His his bit about some kid wanting to make a wish with him. Make Wish Foundation is the foundation that gives dying children their last fantasy wish. And some kid wanted to meet him, and he's like, "Why me?" You know, because he's controversial. Um, I guess he drove into a house or something. I mean, he's got some issues. And his father, he did the movie The King of Staten Island. Yeah. And that was very funny. But his father was killed in 9-11. He was a firefighter. So, you know, he dealt with that and the dysfunction in his home, not having a father, having a mother who was probably gone a lot because she had to make ends meet. And um, anyway, yes, his comedy is born out of that tragedy. But my point is what? What well, is my point? Well, there was a point. point maybe you'll remember. But what ha- this goes back to court gestures. Court gestures were able to say things that were completely controversial, completely disrespectful, and do it right in front of the oh, king's face. I remember. And he would elicit laughs. He never, you know, anybody else would have been beheaded or executed. But it goes all the way back to Elizabethan times and well before then, when court gestures were, were employed to entertain the king and say things that no one else could say. I mean, actually criticizing the king and criticizing his staff and his politics, and he got away with it. Well, the tradition obviously melted, not melted, but swam down the canals of time. And now we have comedians that can say just about anything, but not really, not really. A lot of comedians get busted now for saying certain things. Right. And so it's not the same as it once was. That's what I'm referring to. Now, we on the show, obviously, we're not comedians, but we're psychomedians. <laughs> so we're psychic mediums. And there's a, there's a relation there. I think I've but ever God heard you. Forbid, if we say anything... That, that isn't about angels surrounding somebody and you're blessed and, and Mother Mary and Jesus and King David and, and Sir Galahad and Lancelot, the Archangel. Uh, Metatron, uh, Gabriel. Yeah, the Archangel of Metamorph. If you don't Mike, surround somebody Michael. with all this bull crap, oh. you're considered, oh, I'm not calling them. Well, they, that's they, you, you know, they don't shine the way uh, I want to. I want to shine. You know, if, if the archangel Michael and Mother Mary and Jesus 
aren't here deciding whether I should have a boyfriend or not. Forget it. See you later. Well, okay. Maybe they are there. Maybe we just, they're in disguise. But we don't operate that way. We operate more on a realistic level. And um, well, we, we're maybe not always accurate. Who cares? Well, we're, we're cares accurate. accurate. Well, we're being we're accurate I mean, enough. Well, yeah, we're accurate enough. And, you know, I've, 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 I've had the opportunity to listen. We've had the opportunity to listen to many, many, many different shows. Oh, Jeff Carlin. You were thinking of Jeff Garland is who we started Garland. with. Yeah. He was not funny. He was not funny, but I mean, he's funny I mean, on motor mouth, motor and, mouth. and very self, very, very egocentric. His whole, yeah, his whole bit, very, very egocentric and not funny. Then we started watching Pete Davidson, which you didn't like the first time, and you didn't like well, the second time. Well, it's okay. Maybe I was just not in the mood. Maybe not. I, was I mean, to really. I mean, I don't know. If someone says, you know, I'm going to, maybe I need to fuck my mother, and then goes into the bit with pretending he's, you know, his grandpa and saying, you know, you really did a good yeah, job. You did I a mean, good job. He, yeah, you, okay, you, so. yeah, you, you're a good son. Um, <laughs> he was, you know, he, he, he slips in and out of impressions, you know, yeah. well, which a lot of comedians don't do, and I think he does a good job. So, I kind of like his frenetic energy. I mean, Bobcat Goldthwait was another one. That was a guy from the 80s. I remember seeing him for yeah. the first time when I was in my teens and thinking he was hilarious. There was but now, Richard, forget it. Uh, Richard something. And he he uh, he passed away. But he Richard was Klein? No, not that's Robert Klein. Robert Klein. There was another He's guy alive, that was though. really funny. <clears throat> and, uh, well, Richard Pryor was funny, died, but you're not talking about him. He died early, him. but he was really brilliant. You know, really and, and I tend to, well, I mean, you know. I think it is me. This is, what was I going to say? Well, it doesn't even matter. Do we have a caller? We do. It's uh, Dion. We talk, uh, and there's a second one, probably lose the caller. It's so Dion. She, she won't hang up, I don't think, but we'll take her. Don't hang up, then. Don't hang up, Dion. Hi. Hi. Don't hang up. Yeah. Why don't I know that? It's from the 50s. Well, I know all the songs from the 50s and before. Don't Hi. hang up. No, I no. Okay, go Okay, on. anyway. Who's calling? Dion. Oh, Dion. Dion, um, how's Ruby? Ruby. Judy? No, Ruby. Ruby. I don't know Ruby. You don't? Well, you sang about her. I knew this was a joke. Dion, Dion Ward sings song. Dion, Dion. Oh, Dion, D-I-O-N. Dion. That Dion. The guy. I don't Dion know the song, and I don't the care. The Wanderer. Oh, yeah. That's I'm a the Wanderer. Actually, no, I do kind of like him. No, he was a good song. He yeah, he's a good singer. He was kind of like James Darren. What's the other one he did that I like? Um, Dion, uh, Ruby, he did Ruby, Baby. Um, oh. So, uh, Dion, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of them. But we're glad you called because uh, we usually don't get celebrities. So, what's going on? <laughs> You're a celebrity. Well, well, we're feeling a little bit un-celebrity today. We're not feeling too famous. 
But you're like the what was it number two show, right? Well, I mean on number a certain. Number two is right. <laughs> yeah, on a certain you know on 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 a certain rating a site that rates podcasts. But I mean you know there's other sites that rate podcasts which would be nice to be recognized by. Yeah, you know look up Al, uh, uh, Alfalfa Schweitzer's opinion of radio shows and you'll see us we're number two. Okay. She's about. Yeah. <laughs> She's got like, okay. Schweitzer. Okay. So what what's the update, Dion? Um, everything's okay. The seniors seem to be okay. I help them with the activity. I know, like they. It's very. I'm proud of myself. Let's put it like that. I'm learning how to get along because I recognize that they're. Generations apart, so I help them with the Easter decorations. <laughs> I mean, yesterday I'm laughing. the oldest lady here was like, "People think you're rude," and I go, "Really?" I go, "Rude?" I'm like, "Well, give me an example," but she couldn't give me an example, and I'm like, "Okay." I'm like, I am from Chicago, though, so it's different than, you know, like, this is kind of the South, you know. So, um, yeah, you know, I, you probably, if I might interject real quick, I get the feeling that you're a take charge kind of person in this in this arena. And you're doing activities, you're making lists, you're telling them where they need to go, you're not, you know... I mean, there may be a lack of Southern charm, but who cares? You're who you are, and that's not rude. Um, I, I used to have people tell me, you, you're from New York. You must be from New York. You must be from New York because I'm kind of blunt. I'm not from New York. I'm a native Californian, but you know what? I'm, I, I like that aspect of myself, and I would continue to be who you are because I think you're doing a good job, too. I think you're doing a good job, Dion. I mean, I've seen what you've done and put together for them, and it's it's good for your karma. It's good for your soul to be involved in helping those seniors, and they're getting something out of it. But go ahead. Sorry. No, I that was my take on it too. And so, like for five minutes, she couldn't give me an example, and I'm like, see, I have to get up and walk away because this is what happens when they don't have any place to go. Or anything to do, they're staring at me, and then they just want to start picking. You know what I mean? Like when my dad got old, like really old, he would like pick on himself because he was just sitting in a chair and oh, he didn't God. have any place to go or anything to do. So he would just start like making scabs and stuff on his arms, on his forearms. He would just make up things like oh. Like, he would think he would have, like, a pimple or something, and he would start digging, and he was just picking on himself because he didn't have anything to do, you know. So I just got up and walked away, and I've just finally learned the art of... Being a dermatologist. <laughs> of what did he say? Being a dermatologist. <laughs> no, just basically, like, rising above it and not getting sucked into their... Mm, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, so, you know. Being, being rude is nothing more than uh, honesty delivered with a steak knife. When you look up the definition of rude, it, it, 
it really we have really misconstrued rudeness. Rudeness is somewhat expressing something inappropriately at the wrong time. You're rude. You know, it could also be uh, due, due to a, um, a gesture or a sound, like somebody leaving wind while you're talking on purpose. <laughs> well, you did say you doo-doo. Know? Yeah. <laughs> but honest, honestly, being rude is, is really, in its root word, misconstrued. If you look up the root I word. I can't. I don't have my phone. Rude, well, I can. Uh, I'm no one's not here. Not anyway. but rude. Uh, you'll find you'll find that most people don't use the word correctly, Dion. So if you're being bluntly honest or R- being direct and people are calling you rude, they're not really using the word correctly. Of course. I mean, it, I mean, where it comes from is a broken stone, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about being coarse, rough. You see, you know, unwrought. what's that, guys? What's that? A comedian's name that was always wearing the leather jacket. He was Andrew oh, Dice. Dice Clay. Oh, Dice he's, he, talk about, I don't know. I didn't like him. You know, I mean, you're not, you're not rude, Dion. You're, you're not a name caller. You don't, you're not rude. So they're not using the word appropriately. Well, they're probably threatened too by the yeah. control that you have, I think. That you're that you've been put in this position of somewhat authority, being a resident for such a short time, and that's probably threatening to them. So they're going to pick you apart. Who told, who said this? Which person? Mary, the 88 year old. Oh, well, she couldn't even specify what she meant. You know what? I she, just, she doesn't like your your attitude. She, you know, you rub her the wrong way, it's, so it's, she chose it's, a word. It's a generation gap. You know what? I When I was in my 20s, I worked with a woman from Germany named Gerda. And Gerda was, like, extremely negative. I mean, she complained about everyone, and she complained about me. And I think I, when people would come up to the, <laughs> to the counter, I would say, hi, you guys, which is probably not the way to greet people. But at that age, I was young. Was I 19, 20? Um, and she thought I was rude. Because my manner was more casual, probably I should have been more um, sensitive to the fact that I was working with older customers and maybe had a little bit more grace in in greeting them. But I was actually very good at my job, too, and connected with the people. So uh, she really picked me apart. I thought Gerda was something that women wear around their (laughs) waist. Right. Right. Yeah, it is. (laughs) A German word. Gerda. The definition um, for rude is huh? offensively. The definition for rude is offensively impolite or ill-mannered. Right, but you have to go way back into the etymology where the word yeah. came from. I mean, Latin. That's, a, that's how actually it's more, oh. French. It's French. You old know, don't French throw stones is, at your neighbor. It, uh, it Latin from, to old French. Unwrought to broken stone. Latin, old French. Then it. It morphed through time. Yeah. And it's considered a low-grade word because broken stone is what slaves used to do. They used to have to break the stones to build the pyramids. Didn't you do that at a candy store? Yeah. Yeah, I did that one. <laughs> um, it ended up being the foundation of the candy store. I thought it was, he told me to go out and chip rocks, and that was the foundation. But 
Yeah, of course. You know, if you're if, that, that's different. That if you're rude, your intention is to be offensive. That's different than being honest and upfront and blatant. This is exactly what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, Dion. Actually, in relation to Neil and I being upfront, blunt, and honest. So it's funny. It's tying into our discussion. But, yeah, you know, being offensive and, you know, it, all, it takes all manners. You know, if someone's talking to you and, and you get sick of them talking and you turn around and moon them, well, maybe they're saying you're being obscene or rude or you flip them off. But if you're voicing an opinion, um, gee, you know, it's, it's uh, what, just after nine, and I see a moon right now. But, uh, uh, so I, I don't, she's using the word wrong. So probably, well, she, she probably thinks, you know, you're younger, you should be put in your place. Yeah. I'm an elder. And you have no right to disagree with me. You know, children better left unseen, unheard. So that's probably where that's coming so, from. So what because is she you, couldn't specify other than her general feeling that you were being quite disrespectful. What did you so, But I mean, did you smooth that over? I mean, I, well, yeah, I asked her. I'm like, well, give me an example. And she couldn't give me an example. And she goes, don't you care what people think? And I said, no. I said, it's not my job to care what other people think of me. I said, and she goes, yeah, but you're living here. I said, yes, I am living here, just like everybody else. And from from my point of view, I've done more than anybody else to contribute to everybody else's happiness here. Okay? So the sum is greater than the parts. I, said, I agree. You know, so I, I, and then I'm like, I just got up and walked away because I am on this new kick of not letting people get to me and it's working. You know what I'm saying? Like, literally, I feel like I've, I don't know, the other night I was, couldn't sleep and I went on YouTube and I was listening to this fat burn frequency. <laughs> I know this is going to sound really trippy. But I put on like this, some kind of like binaural beat, fat burn frequency or something. And the next thing you know, all of a sudden I just felt different. Like I'm not going to get stuck into what other people's opinions are of me, especially when it doesn't affect me going forward. You know what I'm saying? Like I... I don't know what else to say. Unless I think it's also the protection, the spiritual protection that you and Neil put on me or whatever. Like maybe it's just kicking in more like because it's not affecting me. Because that was one of the things that Kristen wanted me to work on was to not allow that to get into my mental psyche, if that's I'm saying it right. You know what I mean? I feel like I've elevated. I've learned. Like, whatever, and I'm just going to keep being me, you know? Yeah, instead of, not, instead of letting those people get to you, and obviously there are plenty of people that like you or you wouldn't be doing the activities at the retirement community. And these people are, you know, they're elderly. They don't have jobs. They don't have probably partners. And, I mean, some of them may, but and I'm, I'm 
my intuition tells me this 88-year-old woman is probably widow, widow, is it widower or widow, widow, a widower? And she doesn't have, I mean, she's 88 years old. What is she going to do with her time? I mean, she doesn't have a lot to do with her time, so it's easy to pick on you because it gives her something to do. You know, you're in good company. Lincoln said the same thing. You can offend some of the people some of the time. You can't make everybody happy. And, you know, as yeah. far as, as, far as um, holding others responsible, who was that guy that said, you make me feel like dancing? I mean, what, what, now the people who are making you feel fancy or, or guilty, you can't control what people, who can, and what a vague statement. Don't you care what people think? I don't even know what that means. What do you mean? What, do I care that people think? Think, think of what, what, what kind of sentence is that? Well, yeah, I mean, if it's you're breaking it down, number yeah, one, I would say, look, think, before think about you what? make a comment to me, brush up on your English and your definition. Because do I care what people think? I don't know what you're talking about. Do I care if people think? Everybody thinks. You're thinking. I'm thinking. Do I care about it? I don't know. Do you care? <laughs> people think. So, you know, she should say what you said. Do you care what people say about you behind your back? Do you, pe- pe- do you care about gossip that's directed towards you? Now at least you understand what she's saying. And then you can say, fuck you. Okay. So, you know, it doesn't matter. And then it. you can just get right to the point. Well, Richard Lewis, well, I'm, I'm channeling Richard You're, Lewis. You haven't had your medica- medication yet. You need it. Yeah, <laughs> You're a hyper. But, you know, I mean, what I'm trying to tell you, Dion, if you spend your life Lots worrying of about what people think of you, you're never going to get off the pot. You just won't. Well, maybe she wants to get off the pot. I don't know if she wants to be stuck on the toilet for the rest of her life. But, yes, you're not going to move forward in the life is what he's saying, I think. Yeah. We're not really talk, having toilet talk here. So but I, I feel like that. that just came around. Like, for re- like I always been just Dion and not let it affect me. But I feel like in the last, like, at least two or three weeks that it's, like, I feel differently now. So I don't know if it's just the time for me to get the armor. All of it. Yeah, it's not not like I'm trying to, like, I'm not seeking revenge. I'm not, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, nothing, like, Judy is sick right now, and I've been walking her dog for her because she's dizzy and lightheaded and because she's going in for heart surgery. And I know that she's gossiped about me, and I know that she has talked crap about me. But it honestly just does not bother me now. For well, that's so reason, good I just, that, you're being able to, that you're able to do something nice for somebody that has wronged you and that you're turning the other cheek. I mean, that's what Jesus would do. And, you know, on your scale, Dion, you're, you're emulating that. That and good for you, good for you. And she'll Judy is going to think twice about talking shit because <laughs> Judy was the one who really harassed her. And it's like I said, you're in an environment where you're you can focus on instead of survival. How am I going to you know get out of this car or you know deal with my 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 own personal problems? You're now extending yourself beyond beyond and helping care for these elderly people, which I think is so vital. And it's helping you grow as a human being because your attitude's different. So it's affecting you on many different levels. We're not being well, very thank psychic. Thank you for showing me okay. the way on that. 
Sure. And listen, very glad to hear about your health clearance. I can't help but think, though, had you just stayed where you were, even though you couldn't really stay because you got evicted, then you would have saved some money. I didn't get evicted. In Wisconsin? I was going to get evicted. Okay, so but you would have gotten evicted had you stayed, so you couldn't really stay, so you would have had to find a place there. But it, as it turns out, really the situation that you thought could be very serious isn't very serious, right? It just requires a minor procedure or maybe a bigger procedure should you choose to do that bigger procedure. And we won't get into specifics about that on on the air. I'm not going to no, mention what's going on with your body. One of my first jobs I ever had was I was an orderly at a convalescent hospital. And these were women and men that lived in the hospital, Palm Crest Hospital. And uh, I, there was one woman who nobody got around. She was as mean as an alligator. And I used to feed her. And while, one day while I was feeding her, she looked, while she was chewing, she looked at me, and as hard as she could, she slapped me across the face. It was unexpected. And I thought, the hell I'm going to let her intimidate me. So I went back and kept feeding her. And she was ornery and mean and violent. But I was finally let go from that job because I spent too much time with the, with the uh, residents, uh, the people. And when I left, she told me to come over, and she gave me a big hug and said, I'm going to miss you so much. So you never know, you know, the added, it was well earned because all the slaps I got and, and the ridicule I got and kept coming back and catering to her and nursing her obviously paid off. And I felt that was the one time I, I felt like, you know what, this lousy job, it was worth it. So sometimes it just takes a matter of uh, the end result, a means to an end. And that's what breaks it down. Same thing happened in a, a great novel called The Miserable, where um, the, the inspector finally breaks down because, I forget his name, I should know, but he, he breaks I him down too, out, of his good, out of his good behavior because this guy was tracking him down to kill him. And he, he, he's so racked with guilt over what he did to him that he jumps into the Seine River and drowns himself. But, you know... The idea, yes, No, Val, I'm thinking Val, about the character. Val, 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 Val John. The character. So, uh, you know, it, what, you, what you're going to have to do, tattered and torn at the end of your life, Dion, is say, how much did I give to my fellow human beings and at what cost? And ultimately, the, the ultimate cost is you sacrifice your life you know, there was a great, uh, there was a great um, series on television, and, it, and th- this was back in the 50s, Dion, and there was a black soldier who was ridiculed by all the men in his unit for being black. And, and what happened was a live grenade went off. At the end of the show, a live grenade goes off around some of these white guys, and the black guy jumps on the grenade and um, covers it so they don't die, and he's blown up. Oh, God. And they all just were speechless, changed their life. 
Save their life. Yeah, I mean, it changed their attitude. Right. But, I'll, you know, I'll never forget that. I can't remember what show it was on. It was one of these live drama half-hour shows back in the 50s. And uh, I, I think it's considerably important that we sometimes love our enemies, like Christ said. So, yeah. The ignorant, they don't know what they say, they don't know what they think. Whatever her problems are, you're obviously a a target. And there might be jealousy, envy, whatever it may be. But if you feel like you're doing the right thing, go ahead and do it. Who cares? Okay. Thank you. Does that help, Dion? Yeah, it does help. I It helps put things in perspective because, like, I was listening to – well, I go back and I listen to your shows because, like, when there isn't callers, like, you and you and Neil will talk about different subjects or whatever. And so I, I don't remember what show it was, but Neil started out talking about – bullying and how the the world is changing and um the point of it was basically like to work on your spirituality you know like to continue to work on your spirituality but a lot of people maybe have different versions of what spirituality is and so then I go back and I listen to the shows and it just every time I listen, I feel like even though I listen to the same show three or four times, I feel like the third time I learn more, the fourth time I learn more. So I've been working on my spirituality, and so then today it just proves that I have grown. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Good. You know, it's, it's true. Thank you. Well, spirituality is really the root, the root word of being a human being. We are basically spirits, not bodies. So spirituality is the root word of humanity. The, tra- yeah. the, cha- the challenge is, as being humans, is that we're in the body. And that, that's the challenge. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, because it contrasts spirit so much, being in the body. You have to consider whether you are on the planet to cater to your body or to your soul or to your spirit. If you're catering to your body or your soul, you're going to be conditioned by how you're treated. If you're catering to your spirit, you don't care how you're treated. Yeah, you have a higher essence. You turn the other cheek. But I mean, the best of us. Spirituality just has has nothing to do with earthly uh, consideration. The best of us get sidetracked by how we're treated, though. And if you've been someone, if you're someone that has been conditioned by being treated bad or being a scapegoat, it's more challenging. Your karma is more, more earth, has more earth energy in it. So some people are structured to be less affected. Some people are structured to be less affected, even people that have gone through tremendous difficulties growing up in their families, whatever. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's about constitution, their spiritual constitution as well. So you can be bullied and be, um, have a higher essence. You know, because it, that's it's your structure. Some people at the end of their life, they say, and they know they're going to die, they say, you know, I had a good life, I had children, I got 
travel. I went to nice places. I had grandchildren. You know, they go on and on and on this physical level. But the ultimate answer is, at the end of your life, have, what have you done to spiritually? Con- to contribute to the betterment of the planet, to- Earth, animals, others. Yeah, well... And your relationship it's, it's with Christ, that, God. But it's the struggle to find your spiritual essence. Well, that's an Not so much what you experience or what you've got to do, but you could just sit there and, and try to analyze your spiritual essence on the planet. And that's something that will be carried with you beyond the grave. Your, the worms are going to get your body. And maybe karma will get your soul. But God's going to get your spirit. That's what he's. That's what he's looking for. And if you come up empty-handed on spiritual energy, what can God do with that? So I would say to fill your life to the brim with spirituality, and on all the things that are considered spiritually influenced by humanitarian efforts, and continue on that line, Dion. I don't care what people think, as long as you know you're helping and welfare. Fill it to the rim with a rich taste of okay. decaffeinated, yeah. decaffeinated spirituality. Well, you know, we're all converted. Mm-hmm. Whether we're converted to freeze-dried coffee or freeze-dried souls, you've got to look at your soul. You've got to look at your spirit, Dion. And you've got to say, Am I, can I be held accountable for good spiritual presence on the planet? I'm about to, I, I'm biting my tongue here. Why? <laughs> a song is coming into my head. Oh. It's apostolic Pentecostal song that I want to burst out singing. I didn't know it, oh my God! I gotta stop. I can't do it. But uh, do it. you know, but it would fit so well. What do you think? What do you think, Dion? You you measured in terms of spirituality? What? I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? What do you think your measurement of spirituality has been on the planet so far? You mean like in terms of what kind of measurement? Like what am I measuring? You're measuring your spirituality. Like what what grade do you give yourself? What have you done to, to I don't want to say actualize, but to, to – actualize is the wrong word. I would have been okay – if I wouldn't have gotten sucked in with that whole lawyer situation with my family, but I'm, I'm work, I've worked past that and things like that. So at my current, like as of today, I give myself a B plus. <laughs> I know I have room to grow, but I think I've done a lot to clean up a lot of things too. How how but how would you define how would you define your spirituality? Is that what you're yeah. asking? How would yeah. you define you it's not like what screwed you up and your family and what your grade you'd give yourself. What have you done to enhance your spiritual essence? Enhance my spiritual Well like recently I've been working on um, learning and adapting more to frequencies and basically fine-tuning the impact of the energy that I give off. Um, and so, like, right now what I'm working on is 
my power, my personal power, because I, I do, I feel like I have a lot of personal power, but I need to be careful how I direct it because that's I, ego, though. I, that's spirituality. I oh, mean, that's, that's ego. Great. Well, yeah, because you're talking about your power. I mean, and improving yourself, that is not a bad thing. So no, no question. Improving yourself is great. We're talking about spiritual. Spirituality would be more like you're, you're one with the universe. You appreciate all forms of life. You give support to all forms of life. You, you meditate on the highest level. Uh, you help and assist you help others, those in need. Which is, this is you're, her. you're in the element of existence, not in the element of ego, but in the element of a, of a bigger package of the universe and the incredible sensation that existence is a remarkable thing, that you contribute your own energy into, into the promotion of existence for all things, and that in a humble state, you are beneath something that's higher and more powerful, and you give allegiance to that higher power, and you, you, you respect it and live by it according to the methods of love and compassion and care and consideration. See, those are the things that would briefly state across the, the concept of spirituality. It goes deeper than that, though. Hmm. So maybe it's something okay. for you to think over if you can't respond right now, which is okay, because maybe this is a new concept to you. That's fine. Just think it over. Call in another show. Yeah, because I feel like my spirituality growth changes all the time. You know? You know, the, the, like the, first, the rule, first rule of thumb, Dion, to understand the concept of spirituality is just to go outside and experience, stand there and experience and look at everything around you. And if you can be amazed at the at the growth around you, the flowers, the trees, the sky, the clouds, the insects, the birds, people walking. If you can just look at and say, what a, what a wild experience this is. Look at what's all around us. I can't believe what I'm absorbing just standing here and opening up my senses to the world. That's the, that's the first baby step of spirituality. That awe okay. of, of existence. And if you haven't done that, some people say, oh, I've done that. Well, if you've done it, then, then it would show. Well, you've got to do it with the concept in mind. Yeah, exactly. Save a spider. Communicate with a bird. I mean, these are all things on a physical level that I'm suggesting. But when you start to become... I talk to the mountains. Huh? I talk to the mountains. That's okay. She says she talks to the mountain. That's that's great. I forget sometimes to talk to the trees, but I try <laughs> try to remember. But I talk to you know all the animal life we have around us and well, what's that? Try to, go you know, tell it on the mountain. You know, uh, over the, go tell it on the mountain. Um, the the idea that the mountain is the mountain. Sermon on the Mount, the mountain. The mountain is the peak at which we try to get closer to God. And, you know, I, I don't, you know, it, it, it's, it's a concept 
of being in the physical body and feeling uplifted, feeling in awe. So the mountain is a metaphor for you, for God. Yeah. It provides protection, wisdom, stability, strength. Um, The ones here are covered in trees, so that's fresh oxygen. Um, Yeah. You've got a beautiful setting. You're lucky. I am very lucky on that. Very, 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 very. You know, Yul Brenner, his favorite mountain was Mount Baldy. (laughs) Do you know who Yul Brenner is? Was he bald and like yeah, was he was bald. an entertainer? That was the joke. Yeah, that was the joke. Ha ha. Well, he wasn't really bald. He shaved his head. He for for um, the king, king and, and I? I, and then he decided to. Yeah, the king and I. Yeah. Hmm. Which is, you know, another. He was the king of Siam and. And uh, there it was in a whole ego trip. But actually, he died of lung cancer. He was a smoker. Yeah. He, he actually advocated don't smoke. And he, he was a tough guy. You know, Magnificent Seven, Westworld. He was a tough guy. But, uh, again, he, uh, cigarettes killed him. Hmm. So he became humble. He's actually a sensitive guy, but he became very humble. Oh, that happens a lot of the time, uh, yeah, when you approach your demise. People tend to become humble, but sometimes it's too late. So good to have this consciousness before. Okay, so report back to us, Dion. Dion, what is wrong with me? Um, and, and, you know, have a good week. You too. Thank you. Okay, take care. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, so we're going to close. We're back on the air next Wednesday at what time? We are not sure. Maybe 11 Pacific. I think that would be a good time for us. And until then, we hope you have a great weekend. Thanks, caller, Dion. And uh, stay safe. Why did I just say that? (laughs) It's my most hated expression. Stay safe. Coined from the coronavirus. Anyway, um, or as a result of the coronavirus. But do stay safe and have a good weekend. Bye-bye.